Hello, I'm Pamboros People Booster, here to cheer you up, calm you down and stop you going hot. Welcome to the Burnout Buster podcast and your host, Pamboros People Booster. And in this episode, I'm going to be exploring the twin joys of perfection and imposter syndrome. But before we do that, let's let go and land. So let's just let go of everything that's been going on so far today, whatever time of day it is for you when you're listening, and do a bit of grounding this time. So wherever you're sitting or standing, whatever you're in contact with, I want you to just take a nice long breath. In and out through the nose if your nose is comfortable. Use the mouth if not. And if you're driving, keep your eyes open. And wherever you are right now, I want you to just start to imagine that you can see and feel and have a sense of your connection with the ground. So if you're sitting on the floor, then you would imagine roots coming from the base of your spine all the way deep into the earth. If you're sitting down, you might imagine the soles of your feet sending roots out into the ground. I've even done this technique whilst on an aeroplane by imagining, well, the metal of the aeroplane is only there because it came from the earth at some point. So I felt myself anchored into the shell of the aeroplane. So wherever you are, imagine yourself sending roots into the earth. And then as you breathe in, it's as if you're breathing the energy of the earth up into your body. And you're breathing out and you're letting go of anything you don't need. All that stuff, other people's nonsense, stuff that is not your stuff, other people's dramas and crises and whatever it is that's going on. You're just letting go of that and softening your shoulders and softening your face <sighs> and landing in this moment now. So in the quest for good enough, what happens in between? An interesting thing I heard about Oprah. So Oprah Winfrey did the same show for over 20 years. And she said that every time she interviewed somebody, even if it was a president, a famous author, a pop star, everybody from a prisoner to a housewife to a president, every single person when the cameras went off at the end of the interview would turn to Oprah Winfrey and say was that okay and everybody wanted to check whether their interview had been good enough every single person every week for 25 years now that's some straw poll really about how many of us worry about being good enough and I think Pretty much it's true to say it's going to be pretty much every single person at some point. So uh, each person's level of confidence ebbs and flows. Each person's different from the next person. And we are different on, on different days. So there'll be days when you're feeling top of your game and other days when you're not sure whether what you're doing is good enough. 
So let's just acknowledge that to start with whenever we're talking about confidence and perfection and imposter syndrome. So just a quick overview then. Imposter syndrome is a phrase that's been coined to describe that situation you find yourself in when you've been given more responsibility perhaps or you've taken on a whole new job or a new role and you're waiting for somebody to come in the room and go, hey, what are you doing in here? How did you jammy yourself into that job? Um, and feeling like you're an imposter, that you have no right to be there. So let's, let's start there. Let's start talking about how did you get there? So there was probably an application process. There may have been an interview. There would certainly be a conversation with people discussing whether you were good enough and they gave you the job. I, I once found myself in that position when I was working for Bernardo's in my 20s and uh, I was very much wet behind the ears and I got a job basically because nobody else went for it. And um, it would have been very easy in that situation to be convinced that I really shouldn't have got the job. And that's exactly how I felt. Because, you know, they just needed somebody to cover maternity leave for uh, the regional training manager. So that was one person I'm sure they have a whole training team now, but there was just one person to cover the Midlands region um, of uh, all the training needs. So the the job was quite big. I had my own office. I had my own admin person who was in the room next door to me with her own room. And it just felt kind of enormous. It was, you know, I had a high back chair that went round and round, which was a little bit rarer in those days. And I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. I really wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. And I went to see the director of the region for my um, kind of first day chat with the director. And he said to me, um, Pam, I trust that you'll do a good job. If you don't hear from me, please presume everything's fine. And I think he probably intended that to be quite supportive. I think he probably thought that he was you know, offering me trust and uh, some responsibility. But actually, you know, in my 20s and not being sure that I knew what I was supposed to be doing, having had no experience in a training role before, other than running small activities in team meetings, I just thought, oh, no, that means that I'm not going to hear from him, not going to hear from him, not going to hear from him. And then if I do something wrong, it's going to come on me like a ton of bricks from nowhere that he's suddenly going to want to see me and I'm going to shake in my shoes like going into the headmaster's office. So I was I was pretty, pretty wonky. And luckily, the people around me, my wonderful admin person and uh, other people in the office were were really kind and supportive and I kind of muddled my way through the six months maternity leave and and that spring was a springboard for me into other training roles and never looked back really but in those first few weeks I really was quite clueless and was convinced that any minute now they're going to say you're going to go to go back to your substantive post you're pretty useless at this but they didn't because at some point there was somebody more than one person who was like well yeah she's she is wet behind the ears but she's got the capacity to do this to at least caretake the position which is what I think uh, what I think I did I don't think I did uh, I didn't light any um, any particular um, celebratory fireworks. I just kind of maintained what what needed to happen. 
So have you ever been in that situation then where you feel like you didn't deserve the position or the role and you're worried that you're not good enough? So here's the thing. This is where imposter syndrome and perfection meet. Because what's likely to happen is that you you get a new role and find yourself in a new position when you've been doing something else for a little while and you feel that it's time to move on or uh, time to move up or, or whatever it is. Before then, that would suggest you've been doing something that you're quite familiar with, something that becomes almost second nature. You don't have to concentrate too much on every single little thing. You can just get on with it. And you, you've got a track record. You know that you're good enough at that particular role. And then you move up or you move sideways or you just move into something new of some description. And what happens then is you're having to concentrate. You've lost your unconscious competence where you don't even have to think about whether you're good enough or not you just get on with it you don't have to concentrate on all the new things so when you're when you're doing that when you're in that new position your focus is on all the things you don't yet know don't know how to do don't feel familiar with and even the things that you're doing well because it was a transferable skill you're having to really concentrate because you're in a new environment in in a, in a new situation so you're looking out for the things you don't yet know. You're looking out for the things that you're worried about getting it wrong. So you're looking out for the things you're getting wrong or the things you're not managing to finish because things take longer when they're new. And all of those things are going on mostly focused on the negative. And this is the trap that we fall into. You want it to be perfect. You want to be as good as you were in the last you know, few months or years that you were doing something else. And, and you're hoping for perfection. And when you don't reach perfection, you probably get the hammer out and you beat yourself up a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's a story about um, beautiful Arabian carpets, which have obviously been around for generation upon generation, um, made in the Middle East. And uh, the most beautiful, most expensive carpets, handmade and utterly beautiful. But did you know that every single carpet is made with a mistake, a, a purposeful mistake on purpose? And the thinking behind that is that nothing is meant to be perfect except God. So they sew a mistake into the carpet. They have something which is uneven, something which is an imperfection. And when you think about it, that is how life is. Nothing is meant to be perfect. I, I know that when I was in amateur dramatics, the, the things that the audience loved the most is when the set wobbled or we got something wrong. Or I remember when I was in Steel Magnolias and was washing somebody's hair and uh, the, uh, the shower head that I was using with real water uh, tipped up the other way and squirted into the woman's face. And these are the, th I mean, it wasn't very nice for the woman who was having her hair washed, but <laughs> in those moments, it's those things that make life worth living. It's those things that, you know, you go home and you, oh, you'll never guess what happened when I went to see this play tonight. And all of those things that don't feel quite right in the moment, aren't quite as perfectly smooth as you wanted them to be. They're the things that make stories, make memories, make history sometimes. So perfection, let's, let's, I hope that we can agree. Let's agree. Perfection is something that 
is not really worth striving for. It's not something we should be driving for. Good enough is what we should be striving for. Now, there's a a wonderful American author and social scientist that uh, you may have come across. If you haven't, then go find her. She's called Brene Brown. And uh, she's written a number of books. One of them is Daring Greatly. So you'll, you'll know when you've found the right one. And one of the things she talks about is with her team, the team that she, she works with on her stuff, is they have a conversation early on in a project to decide what does done look like so that we don't carry on striving and trying to make it better and better and better. We just find out first off what will done look like when we get there, how will we know that it is done and it is good enough. And I think we can all take a little bit of that for ourselves, you know, particularly in the morning when you're setting out on on your day, what will done look like? What is good enough on that particular day? Are you setting yourself a trillion billion things to do that, you know, are not going to be humanly possible. And how do you rein that back in and say, what's going to be good enough today? What are my main things that I want to make sure get done? And, uh, and what does done look like for each of those things rather than perfection? Perfection really is a way of making sure that on a regular basis, you're going to be beating yourself up. On a regular basis, when we strive for something to be absolutely perfect, what we end up doing is looking for the mistakes, looking for what's not good enough, looking for what we could have done better. And we just end up feeling stressed about that. So it's a way of increasing the adrenaline and the cortisol, the stress hormones in the body. And what's likely to happen is by the end of the day, you're feeling really dissatisfied. You're not feeling like um, you've done a good enough job because you've been looking for all the mistakes, looking for what's not finished, what's not at your Uh, optimum quality of output but on any single day you've only got what you've got in terms of energy time resources support uh, patience even whatever you've got on that particular day you'll bring your best and you'll you'll do the best that you can with what you've got on that particular day so that's what we need to focus on what's the best I can manage today and and to to let go of the rest because that striving for perfection is really just striving to find things to be cross with yourself about being cross with yourself raises your stress hormones and that's going to make you wired tired and searching for self-medication to make yourself feel better so we take a deep breath we let it go and we say what does done look like And then we notice when something is good enough. So a little compassion is what's called for when we are in this in this mode. When you start to notice that you are feeling like a bit of an imposter or you're striving for perfection and noticing all the mistakes and stuff that isn't, in your opinion, quite good enough or not quite perfect, is to to turn the compassion upon ourselves. So the C of my care model of well-being, C for compassion, and in this instance, self-compassion. How can you treat yourself in the treat yourself in the way that you would treat another person? So if somebody's working really hard, they're doing the very best they can with what they have, and it's not quite perfect. What would you say to them? I don't think you'd crack the whip and say, "Come on, you've got to try harder." 
because clearly if somebody is already trying their hardest, that's as good as it's going to get and it's probably already good enough. So can you do that for yourself? Can you turn that beautiful, warm, supportive spotlight on yourself, that warm compassion upon yourself and say, right, yeah, maybe this is done. This is good enough. What can I, what can I, um, what can I see that's already okay with this? What is it that, uh, that's gone well? What have I achieved? And, uh, and how do I feel about that? Rather than looking for what's wrong, I'm looking for what's right and what's already good enough. So see for compassion. How can you show yourself compassion? And how is that going to change the way that you feel? Are you going to feel more satisfied by the end of the day and probably more clear about what else needs to be done because you're doing it with kindness. You can decide whether there's more to be done and maybe that can be done tomorrow. And how do we work with this then? So let's have a little think now about what do we do if we're experiencing a bit of a perfection push or an imposter syndrome. Let's have a think about what we're going to do about it. So let's think about what we're going to do then. Imposter syndrome, perfection pushing, all of those things that are going to do you in, make you feel stressed, make you feel tired and give you a bit of a downer on yourself. It really impacts on your resilience. So what we're going to do instead of that is we're going to turn that around and we're going to start to roll the shoulders back a few times, release that tension from your head, neck and shoulders. You might need to do some self-massage. So find my videos on YouTube or on Patreon for self-massage and easing all that tension out. You know, you've been carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. So ease all of that out. Take some longer breaths. And then inside your head, or if wherever you are you are is somewhere you can talk out loud and not, not worry about it, then do this out loud, is to repeat to yourself with some long breaths, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. I am doing the best I can. And say it with a smile. Say it with a congratulatory air that you are doing the best you can. Have a look at what you have today in terms of the resources. And I'll bet my bottom dollar that there are more days than a few where actually you push yourself with, you know, you've, you've got, let's say you've got 80% energy that you'll use 85 of it and you'll be absolutely exhausted. So you're probably doing more than enough, not just good enough. So you're doing the best you can. And then to repeat a few times, I am good enough. And you can say it in lots of different ways. You could do it in different accents. You could say it very quietly. I am good enough. And you could sing it from the rooftops. I am good enough. And just remind yourself that you are meant to be who you are. You are doing all that you were created to be. And yeah, 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 we can all always try a bit harder, do it a bit better next time. But you're only likely to do it better next time if you're feeling motivated and resilient and confident about your capabilities and your competence. And how do we get to there? Well, we get to there by recognizing what's good and what we are doing that is okay. So all of that stuff that you want to achieve, the stuff that you wish was better, 
you get there by noticing what's good and building on good, not by beating yourself up and then trying to scrabble out of the stress state you've got yourself into. So some affirmations for you. I'm doing the best I can. I am good enough. And maybe you could step it up a little. Maybe you could even try, God, I'm amazing. Or remember one of my favorite acronyms, you are a star, someone truly amazing. And when you question it and say, really, Pam, then that's what the R is for. Yes, really. Someone truly amazing, really. You're doing the best you can. If somebody was watching you doing what you do, they would say that it's more than good enough. There will be any number of people who would look at what you do every day and think, God, I couldn't do that. You're incredible because what you do is within your skill set and something that perhaps you've got experience in and, and uh, yeah, you've got skills that other people would admire. Even if that skill is trying and keeping going at something that is brand new to you that you're not feeling very confident about, you know, maybe it's your tenacity that people would admire. So have a think right now about the things that make you who you are, the things that you do that come quite naturally to you. Maybe it's about being organized. Maybe it's about keeping going. Maybe it's about asking questions. You know, I always admire people who are not afraid to say, I'm not sure, can you show me how? Or do you know the answer to this question? I always think that's a real admirable quality to not be trying to pretend that you know everything or that you've already got it, that actually you're open to getting help and support and answers to your questions. So, you know, sometimes what we might see as a weakness, i.e. not knowing and having to ask, is actually a strength because what happens after that? What happens after is you get the information you need and then you can do an even better job rather than pretending you know and then maybe doing a worse job and then trying to cover it up and all of those things. So um, actually it's reminded me of a story I heard I should find out the details of this. It's something about a car plant where they were having a lot of mistakes and um, a lot of accidents in the workplace and poor quality of um, of the cars that they were building. And so they they launched a new thing, which was when somebody's made a mistake, they press a hooter, which stops production, and everybody comes around to help fix that mistake. And everybody cheers the person who um, who highlighted it, who made the mistake and then admitted it. And they get congratulated for doing that. And it's kind of the opposite of what we think would happen in the average workplace. But of course, the result is nobody is ever afraid to say, I've made a mistake. And it doesn't lead to other mistakes or uh, risks to people's safety or risk to the quality of the car and then the safety of the drivers, you know, all of those things. So uh, I may have got the the um, the story slightly skewed, but the general principle is that there are some workplaces who congratulate people when they make a mistake and are willing to put it right. So isn't that great? I just think that's a really lovely way to work and uh, and makes perfect sense but we're not taught that way we have to kind of unlearn that covering up um, imperfection and uh, and get ready to say yeah uh, this isn't quite what I want it to be can you help 
So um, I think that's probably about it for this podcast. Um, Please remember that I have loads of different techniques on YouTube and they're there for you to access for free. If you have enjoyed listening to the podcast and you would like to have me on tap, Pam in your pocket on a regular basis, then find me on Patreon. So you can find that www.patreon.com forward slash Pam Burrows. And on there, you can decide which level you would like to contribute to and stay connected for um, a small, medium or larger amount of money per month to get loads of cracking good stuff to support you in your well-being journey and help you stay shiny instead of um, instead of burning out. Okay, so thanks to everybody that already supports me on Patreon and thank you for listening to this podcast and I will catch up with you next time. In the meantime, look after your very precious self. 